these things, negative experiences that have led to shame beliefs are coming up, we can say, no, 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 here's the truth. And here's why I know it's true. And we can go back into those positive memories with God and meditate and experience it. And what it starts to do is, is take basically neuroscientifically, that's how head knowledge becomes heart knowledge. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Questions with Caden. I'm your host, Caden Fabrizio, and this is the 10th episode, the official 10th episode. Last week's episode, or last episode, because um, we don't do them every week. Anyway, last episode was technically the 10th episode, but it was a short prayer episode, something we've never done before. So that's episode 9A. This is episode 10 officially. Um, can you believe it's been 10, literally 10 episodes? And my mind is blown. Um, the stuff God's done in 10 episodes with this podcast has far exceeded my expectations. And so I'm just, yeah, just praise him. Thank him. I'm just excited. Um, and really believe that in 10 episodes, God's had, God has had an impact in your life. And I'm believing that in the next 10, there's going to be even bigger. Um, I'm just so excited. So like I said, in the ninth episode, we are going to be doing a 10th episode celebration giveaway. It's nothing massive, but it is something super fun. So in order to enter the giveaway, you have to... Uh, make sure you're subscribed on um, either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Subscribe onto YouTube. Then post this week's podcast on Instagram and follow the Questions with Caden page. Make sure your post, um, Instagram story post, is tagging Questions with Caden, and then you will be entered. So just to clarify real quick, all you have to do is subscribe to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, subscribe to YouTube, Follow Questions with Caden on Instagram and then share this week's episode on your story tagging at Questions with Caden um, and at Caden.Fabrizio. And for additional entries, you can leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That'll get you extra entries into the giveaway, giving you a better chance at winning. Drum roll, please. A little giveaway package. So what we have is we have a 365-day devotional, not written by me. Soon come, soon come. We have a packet of He Would Love First bracelets, a Chick-fil-A gift card because it is the Lord's Chicken, and lastly, but most excitingly, the winner will get access to the first ever piece of Questions with Caden merch. I'm blurring it out because only the winner gets to know what it looks like. Um, a hat with Questions with Caden stuff on it that will be coming out later in the year, but you're getting it early, which is tight. So you'll be getting all those things. Go ahead and enter um, and once you win, this stuff will show up at your house. Um, but today's episode, question 10, is something I'm really excited about. My friend, um, someone I'm honored to call someone, uh, call a friend, someone I look up to, um, his name is Ben Bennett. He is the founder and leader of the Resolution Movement, which is a movement ending um, pornography addiction, mental health, speaking into thriving in your life, um, battling addictions and traumas. Um, hurts, struggles, and he has written a book called Free to Thrive, which is available for purchase anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, I don't, Target, I don't know where else books are sold, but he, you can get this book wherever it's sold. I'm really excited for this conversation. I think he's going to really bless your socks off today, and he's going to give some very practical tips about how to get through hurts, struggles, deal with mental health, 
um, addictions, pornography, and all those amazing things. I'm super excited for you to listen. He is an amazing guy with such a humble heart who loves the Lord so much and someone that we can all um, look to to um, help us model a little bit what it looks like to be like Jesus, to have a heart for him, and to desire more for our lives, to desire thriving uh, in this Christian journey. I'm so excited to get into this conversation, so let's jump right in. Ben, my man, welcome to the podcast, bro. How are you? Caden, so good to be with you. So good to see you. It's been a been a little bit. Dude, it has been. I got to see you in Nashville. What was that, maybe three weeks ago? <laughs> three weeks? Uh, was it three weeks? A couple months ago, bro. April. No, no way. No, I saw you in that. Na- was that April? No, yeah. I met up with you and Trevor. Yep, April. That was in, was that April? Here we are. Oh my gosh, dude. And it's June. Mm-hmm. My life has been moving way too fast. I just told Ben that I, this is the first time back in the studio recording a podcast in a month. I like vaulted a bunch of podcasts so I could have them when I was in Nashville to get posted and stuff, but feels good to record, bro. So thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for being the first guest back. I'm really excited to have you on today. First guest of the summer. Can't wait. Thanks for having me. Yes. It's going to be fun. dude. A- absolutely. Hey guys, today we are asking the question, will I ever thrive? And uh, I think it's a good question because I think a lot of us walk through life um, walk through pain, walk through struggles, and think to ourselves, this may never get better. I may never see the upside of this. God, where are you? Um, I don't think I'm ever going to improve. I've tried. It doesn't happen. And today we're going to have a really good conversation, and Ben's going to help us walk through really what it looks like to thrive and how to thrive. He's got an amazing book, like I said in the intro, Free to Thrive, that he's written. And I think this conversation is really going to bless your socks off. What do you think, Ben? Let's get it. Let's get it. Hey, so every episode, as normal, we read two foundational scriptures to kind of set the foundation, set the tone of the podcast. Um, and how about this? Ben, do you want to read the first one? Do you have it pulled up? I don't have it pulled up. Sorry. Okay, I'll read them both. I'll read them both. Right. It's fine. It's fine. I put you on the spot right there. Not fair. You did. You All did. right. So the first one is Proverbs thirteen twelve. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And the second one is Jeremiah seventeen fourteen. It says, heal, heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved, for you are the one I praise. And I think that both of those um, scriptures are clear pictures of the biblical truths and um, practical things that Ben's going to help us break down today to understand what it looks like to thrive um, in this Christian life and thrive um, walking with Jesus. So let's pray, and then let's get into this thing. Lord, we just thank you so much for today. We thank you so much for Ben, what a blessing he is to me, and just a good friend. Father, we just pray that you would um, be in this conversation, that you would direct it the way you want it to go. Holy Spirit, I just pray that everyone listening, no matter if they're in their room or in their car or at the gym, Father, I just pray that they would encounter your spirit, they would hear your voice today, God, and they would be encouraged. We love you so much, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. And amen. 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 For for a little fun fact, just real fast, how many tattoos do you have? Last time I counted, like a year ago, it was 67. Unreal, bro. So it was hard to count. It was like, it's kind of like you had to number them all. They like blend together and you're like, oh, one, two, three. Uh, uh. So just get so a Sharpie. You like, you like accidentally recount a couple. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to catch trying to catch up to you. I think I got like 16. So Ooh. we're getting there. We're getting there. We're going to catch up at some point. Yeah, you got hey, like guys. 10 last year or something, it seemed. I did. I literally did. I got like 
14 tattoos in a year. <laughs> it just, I would not recommend for the wallet. Not a great choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of expensive. But if you want to sleeve very fast, you can do it in, in a year. Uh, so Ben has a, an amazing book. It's called Free to Thrive. And um, in his book, he talks a lot about the struggles of the everyday person, um, the anxieties, the stresses, addictions that so commonly plague um, our generation. Um, and really, we're seeing it a lot in the generations coming up um, behind us, a little bit younger than us, Gen Z. Um, and really, Ben, we just want to ask you and talk about what do you think are some of these root causes, some of these things that are causing things uh, like anxiety, stress, addiction, um, so common in our world right now? As a, a little background, I, so I spent 11 years in ministry now, and I, I really got into it because I saw, and things have changed the past 11 years, but I saw just the level of hurt, struggles, stuff going on in people's lives, college students, pastors, everyone, and started to look at what's really leading to this. I mean, we're, we're seeing, we saw the past couple of years, uh, adults in America in 2019 who reported symptoms of anxiety and depression, it was at 11%. Fast forward two years, 2021, 41%. Um, there's got to be a cause to it to see that jump in two years. It can't just be biologically like a lot of people have you know, assumed when it comes to mental health. And mental health is a big part of my story. We probably won't get into that, but maybe we will. Um, but yeah, but that, maybe looking at sin struggles, looking at um, pornography, the amount of, it's the new sex ed for young people today. The majority of people look at pornography. Uh, over half of pastors say they struggle with it. So there's just so much brokenness, struggles, and then you add in trauma and hurt and relationship issues um, the past, the first six years really in ministry started to connect the dots and see what was leading to brokenness in people's lives, but then also see what was leading to healing and thriving in people's lives. And to, to sum it up, I always go back to Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. If you think about the Garden of Eden, where wow. God made us in a pre-fallen world yeah. to walk with God, to walk with one another, to know our value, to have all of our needs met, food, water, shelter, but then also our relational needs. There was no hurt or pain. That's what we were intended for. That's what our heart was created for. And everything there was flowing from our heart. All this goodness, all this beauty, all this joy, all this thriving. But you take humans that were created for that in their hearts and put them in a fallen world where there is broken families, where there is bullying growing up, where there's school shootings, public shootings, active shooters, where there's the internet and all the stuff we see and get exposed to, that stuff affects your heart. It damages your heart. It leads to hurt, unmet needs, loneliness, and that stuff starts pumping through your heart and leads to different struggles. And so what you'll commonly hear in the church and with Christians is that Basically, all of our struggles come down down to either our sin nature and the original sin we were born with or some kind of potentially biological thing that went wrong in a fallen world that we were born with. Um, it's interesting. Scripture says something different. Uh, I mean, it, it, it may affirm, affirm or whatnot those, those first two here and there, but and of course, original sin, but... All throughout the narrative of scripture, so much more is given to us about why we do the things we don't want to do, why we hurt, and, and 
the solutions that we can find, the solutions that God wants to provide for us. So in short, it's, it's we've been given these desires, these longings in our hearts. And um, when they're not met uh, or when we're hurt or when things happen in a fallen world, we do something with that and we respond. Uh, and even biologically, we're, we're wired to respond to that. For example, your um, fight or flight part of your brain, the amygdala, is there to keep you, you safe. Like if you're walking down the street and some teenager with a new, you know, driver's license comes flying around the corner, you jump out of the way. That's a good thing. God wired your brain that way to do that. But the same thing happens when hurt happens or rejection happens. Our our, our brain is always on alert. And that's how we can develop anxiety uh, because we're built for survival. So our brain will fire off to try and protect us and say, hey, avoid that next time. And then we start getting anxious. And uh, all of this stuff is flowing from our hearts. It's kind of crazy that you you talk about like the kind of the longing and desire that God's given us because that's something that's like innately good, right? Like we have a longing and a desire really to know Jesus, to know him fully. Um, in this podcast, the thing I'm always saying and think something I'm passionate about is helping believers know Jesus intimately, which will lead them to living in freedom and fullness. And I think it goes along with what you're saying here is it's like it's easy for us to never experience freedom from things like anxiety, depression, addiction. And because we never experience those freedoms, we never step into living in fullness. And the fullness is knowing Jesus and living intimately and closely with him. And um, I love what you said when you, you kind of like reference Romans 7 a little bit when you were like um, saying like, hey, I do what I don't want to do. You remember like when Paul says in Romans 7, like I do what I don't want to do and I don't do what I want to do. And the battle of, walking in a fallen world, but having these desires for things that really um, Jesus ended on the cross, you know, things that like we aren't um, bound to anymore, but still having this, these longings and trying to fill these longings and almost like having longings and not being able to truly identify what these longings or these desires are. And then it leads us into coping mechanisms almost to fill these voids um, and to fill like uh, I'm not feeling loved, so I'm going to watch pornography so that I can feel something, you know, or I, you know, I, I don't ever feel like I can live up. So I'm going to overstress and overstimulate and overthink about it and become an anxious like ball because I can never live up to these expectations when really we can break it down to these are just longings to know our creator, to walk in this fullness and freedom, this peace that we're supposed to know intimately with him. Um, so, so what are some of your tips that you would say, um, we have these longings, we have these desires, um, one is deeply to know Jesus, um, but there's, I think there's a few others that God has given us. What, what do you think um, are some things we can do to satisfy these longings, these desires, um, kind of in the, the Christian um, perspective and, and walking in the Christian journey? In, in writing this book, we, we spent a couple years doing research sounds super nerdy but we did <laughs> i'm a researcher i'm a nerd whatever we spent uh just years nerding out researching meeting with neuroscientists therapists studying the scriptures coming across sociological studies and i would say two things one is um harvard has been doing the study it's still going on uh looking at what leads to the happiest and healthiest lives 
It's been going on for 80 plus years, one of the longest studies ever done. And whenever you come across a study that's that long, you're like, okay, I got to figure out what this is. It's like, did they find the secret to life, the meaning of life? We know it as Christians, but it's like, it's pretty profound. So they said, the current head of the study said, um, by far, it's good relationships that make us uh, have the happiest and healthiest lives. Good relationships. So if you want the lowest amount of sickness and disease, you want to have the most happiness, it's good relationships. And I was like, oh my gosh, here is the study that affirms the way Jesus designed us. Because we were designed in the garden, like I said, for relationships with God and with other people. And you know, wow. and what's interesting is God didn't intend, this may sound heretical, but God didn't intend to meet our every need. Because in Genesis 1, when God created a perfect world, he said, it is not good that man should be alone. And he created another person. And so God intended to meet most of our needs through himself, but a lot of our needs through other people too. There's so many studies done on, um, so loneliness, right? Loneliness is more deadly than smoking 15 cigarettes a day. People who experience chronic loneliness are 50% more likely to die prematurely. We don't just need Jesus. Yes, we just need Jesus for our salvation and, and not to, you know, we don't need to be baptized to be saved. But God designed us to need other people to thrive here and now, wow. even in eternity. It's always going to, it's always been about Jesus and people and it always will be. And um, so Harvard found this and what we did was look at, well, what what are these longings? What are these desires that God has given every single human being? And all throughout scripture, there's seven of them that we go into detail on because all of those longings drive everything you do, the good things, the bad things. Um, and most of them are relational. Things like our need to be accepted, our need to be safe, our need to uh, have people know us and enter our world. Right. That's one of the biggest ones against loneliness is loneliness is not a lack of friends. It's a lack of meaningful connection. It's a lack of people entering your world and saying, what do you care about? Um, What do you believe? Um, What makes you tick? How's your day going? What are your hopes, fears and dreams? And so we've got these seven longings and we're always from birth trying to find them fulfilled. And yes, the greatest way they are fulfilled is through God. Like we are intended to be fully known, fully loved, fully accepted by God, to experience his provision, his protection, his safety. Um, But you think about how vulnerable a child is. No one would ever say that baby just needs God and doesn't need a parent. God uses people. And um, so what's what's fascinating is, is we found that whenever people are anxious, it's because one of these things is going unmet. Maybe, maybe it happened in the past or it's happening in the present. Um, maybe somebody's not feeling accepted or fearing they won't be accepted. They're fearing rejection. And so their mind is on alert over time. That fear just keeps building. You develop these fixed neurological pathways in your brain, fixed ways of thinking and responding. And then boom, you're diagnosed with anxiety. Um, and a diagnosis can feel like a death sentence. That's how it felt to me when I was nine years old and diagnosed with anxiety. Um, but I wish there was deeper things going on and that we could be, that I knew we could be transformed by the renewing 
of our minds. We're thinking about absolutely spent about six years leading porn addiction recovery groups and same kind of thing. Like every time someone went to pornography, even other things, every time someone got really depressed, every time someone felt like such a failure or, or wanted to act out with their girlfriend, there was something going on. Um, one of these longings was going unmet. And when we don't learn healthy ways to find them fulfilled through God and others and safe relationships, the ways we're created to, we will find unhealthy ways. Um, because again, our heart was made to be whole and everything we do flows from our hearts and we're intended to find healthy ways to satisfy those longings of our heart. But when it's, we never learned it, when we're not aware of it, um, we find other ways. Uh, I think uh, I've heard it a lot of times the way kind of the stuff gets talked about is when it comes to sin struggles or whatnot, a lot of times we think it's a lack of self-control, but it's really a lack of self-awareness. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. If we only knew why we did the things we didn't want to do, we could discover what totally. we're truly longing for and how to find it. And that absolutely that's how we start to thrive. That's amazing. I love that you focused uh, solely a lot, not solely, but you focused a lot just now on talking about the importance of friendships, importance of relationships, of doing life with people that are safe, that you can trust. Um, I know in my own life, I have seen and learned things about Jesus and seen things about God in my friends, in good friends, in safe friends. I've learned um, not just how to know God, but I've learned characteristics of God through good friends who love Jesus and who love you and who pour into you. And you really do get to... um, just honestly fill those longings and those desires of relationships, of feeling loved, of being feeling seen, wanting to be heard, understood by simply being in, in good relationships. I think that there's so much power in knowing Jesus intimately. There's so much power in having a relationship with him, seeking him daily, spending time in his presence. But there's something invaluable about getting with a friend or with a group of friends that also love Jesus and, and, doing life together, having fun together, loving on each other, having those deep conversations about Jesus, having those conversations that just come up about your struggles, about the things you're walking through and not doing life alone, but saying like, Hey man, like I'm struggling with this. I'm anxious. I'm addicted to pornography. I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. And I know in my own life, there's things I've walked through like pornography addiction myself that I would have never gotten free from if I didn't have good friends in my life. Like it would have just never happened if I wasn't able to no, there was people in my corner that I could lean on that, that were practically there that I could say like, hey, like I need to get on the phone right now because I'm tempted, like I'm struggling, like I need to call you. You know, there's, and there's so many things that um, and I think that 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 goes uh, across the gamut, not just with pornography, but with um, I'm anxious right now. Like I'm I'm about to have a meltdown. Who can I call? Who can I talk to? Who's in my corner? Like I'm depressed. And I who can take this razor out of my hand right now? You know, like there just needs to be those people in your life that just you're not trying to thrive alone because it almost feels like when you're alone, you're just trying to survive. But when you're with people, you can actually thrive. You know what I mean? And so kind of like pivoting a little bit from our conversation, I think one of the things that a lot of people struggle with when it comes to trying to thrive, trying to live in that fullness and freedom I'm always talking about is they struggle with some sort of caring of shame um, of caring of guilt, of feeling like um, maybe they're just this lowly sinner. They just can't ever co- get past 
um, the things they've done. They can't get past the things they struggle with. Um, maybe you can talk a little bit into that and talk a little bit about maybe our identity, what we should be thinking about ourselves, how shame um, negatively shapes our identity, um, and kind of give us some tools to walk through and then start to understand that. I think one of the tragic things, or one of the most tragic things about, um, you know, the brokenness that we experience, the brokenness we walk through, is the shame it causes. And I think that hurts the, the heart of God more than the fact that we sin. You know, look at any earthly father whose kid like keeps struggling with something and then that kid starts to hate themselves or like think that they're totally worthless and the father is like do you have any idea how much i love you and how valuable you are and it's amazing that we unlike anything else in creation are created in god's image we which his likeness uh, another translation says we display him to the world each of us uniquely in a way that no one can or ever will or ever has. And shame has been one of the primary tactics of the enemy since the Garden of Eden. You look at Adam and Eve, they sinned, and then they were naked and afraid, and so they hid. And the enemy will use all kinds of stuff in our life to try and get us to believe this lie of, of shame. Even theology. You know, there's so many pastors I've had to start to stop listening to because they're like shaming people or what they teach about Christians is basically that people are worthless and God somehow tolerates us because of Jesus' work on the cross rather than, no, 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 John three sixteen says it clearly, for God so loved the world that he sent his son. Love was the motive. He desperately wanted to redeem creation and wants to know people and loves them so much. That's why sin is wrong. Sin is wrong because hurting people and hurting God is wrong. That's the essence. Jesus summed up the law and the prophets. Love God, love others as you love yourself. It's about yeah. love. It's about not hurting people. And so I think what we, I think one of the things to get to with, with our shame is to say, um, who does God actually say I am? I love talking about seeing yourself as God sees you. Yeah. Psalm 8 uh, three says, who are you, O God, that you're mindful of man? And we stop there. But Psalm eight, four, is it four or five says, yet you made them man only a little bit lower than God. And you crowned them with glory and honor. It's wild. The Bible reveals so wow. much of it. It's almost like if you read the Bible about what it says about mankind and their value to God, it's like way up here. A yeah. lot of us would be like, that's not right. That sounds prideful. No, no, no. You know, one of the scriptures says, do not think more highly of yourself than you ought. And people say, see, don't think highly of yourself. That's not what it says. It says, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. What ought you? Yeah. You ought what God says. And when you really grasp that no matter what you do, no matter what you have done, no matter what you will do, it doesn't matter that your your identity has nothing to do with what you do or don't do. It has to do with the fact that you're created by God. You're loved by him. And as a Christian, you're adopted into his family. Um, yeah. That, that's it. And, and once we start to grasp that and 
It can be like the switch that we start to think through ourselves, others, God, as we're reading the scriptures, how we go about our life. Totally. I mean, we talk in this podcast a lot about um, seeing yourself as God sees you. And just like you said, just like you have a chapter in your book, um, and kind of fighting the idea or the common narrative that we're just lowly sinners and we should view ourselves as that way forever. But instead, we should be adopting the perspective, the mind of Christ, allowing Holy Spirit to renew our mind, to think as Christ does, to see ourselves in the way that Jesus sees us, which he would not see us as lowly. He would not see us as worthless. He would not see us as broken, but he would say, um, you're whole and you're loved and you're chosen and you're precious and you're a son and a daughter, which means you're an heir to the throne, which means you have authority and you have importance and you have value. And we begin to see yourself in that way and you begin to carry the truth of Jesus through you. You begin to walk in a different way and you begin to live in a different way. You kind of go, well, I can get through this. Like I can do this. Like this is who I am when you, when you, when you're tempted to sin, you go, I'm not a sinner. That's not who I am. It's not in my nature anymore. So I will not do that. Or when you are when you are come across these anxieties and these stresses, these depressions, you go, this isn't me anymore. This isn't, I don't have to sit in this. I don't have to be this. This does not have to be my identity. My identity gets to be whole and renewed and restored and valuable. And I think that that's one of the most important things and a good theme throughout your book to talk about um, – the difference that that makes in your life. And we're coming to sort of the end of our podcast. So this is going by really fast. We try and keep it like 35-ish minutes. But um, in your book, you talk about that. And so what are some tips um, that you could give some people, some practical things, or just some things to think about that would allow them to step into those truths, to live in those truths, and to begin to um, walk in their God-given identity? From my own life, what has been the most helpful? Because I... You know, by age eight, I was dealing with anxiety, depression, OCD, having these out-of-body experiences from trauma, got addicted to porn, food, body image stuff. My dad was abusive, angry, manipulative. So I believed it, it, there wasn't even like challenging it. It wasn't even like I was trying to fight shame. It was like shame is what I am. I think it's Brene Brown. She said shame is this painful uh, feeling that there's something inherently wrong at the core of my being. And so I thought, okay, God just tolerates me. People hate me. I'm worthless. And what I needed to stop doing was, was to cut the trash talking voice in our, in, in my head. You know, I'm not sure how many lies the enemy feeds us when we do such a good job of telling them to ourselves. So good. And so it was like, the enemy said it and forget it. And I'm just like crapping my, on myself all day long. And those like, th those weren't God's, God's thoughts about me. Like yeah. how many thoughts was I telling myself? Would, would I let somebody talk to my sister or my mom the way that I talked to myself? And so I had to kind of realize that and say, okay, no, 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 not today, Satan, not anymore. I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. And I had to have friends help me fight that too. And so I just began to notice that. Begin, begin observing. What are you telling yourself? Or maybe if you're not telling yourself something, what are you believing? And just start throughout the week. Oh, I'm believing that. Write it down on your phone. Oh, I'm believing that. Write it down on the phone. You'll start to see a narrative of shame throughout your life. And 
different circumstances will trigger either past pain or shame in the present and you'll you'll say oh that's what's causing me or that i'm i'm in this moment not believing i'm adequate or good enough or or whatnot so one is awareness two is to start um gently fighting that and telling yourself what what is actually true and for me a lot of it was i had to i had to identify certain verses of scripture that combated the lies so for example first john 3 1 see what kind of love the father's given to me that i should be called a child of god and so i am every time i felt worthless not good enough no no, no i am a child of god but here's the thing we, we probably don't have time to get into the neuroscience of it but go for it when, we got time go for when it when you're when the shame is coming up the fear the fight or flight part of your brain that we talked about the amygdala what is happening in those moments is your brain is drawing on drawing on all of these past painful traumatic negative experiences like a flood and there's more neurological pathways flooding the brain or firing from that part than your rational decision making part of your brain and so this is just you you can be dealing with lies coming up it's like fight or flight's going and you're trying to say no 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 I'm loved. No, no, no. I'm loved. And sometimes it will work, but often it's, it's not going to be able to calm that down. And so what we need is just like we have these past negative experiences, we got to identify past positive experiences where we experienced first John three, one, where we experienced the love of God. So when our memories are coming up and shame is coming up and, and all these things, negative experiences that have led to shame beliefs are coming up, we can say, no, 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 here's the truth, and here's why I know it's true. And we can go back into those positive memories with God and meditate and experience it. And what it starts to do is, is take basically, neuroscientifically, that's how head knowledge becomes heart knowledge. <laughs> um, wow. And, uh, it, it, and so I started doing that every single day, all throughout the day for years, and God really used that to renew my view of myself and, and how he sees me. And um, it's just real interesting how the brain rewires and our struggles of yesterday do not have to be our struggles of, of today. And yeah. um, he does it experientially over time. Think about it. If you can have so much pain and hurt and it can lead to lies and struggles and shame over time, why couldn't God naturally, not even supernaturally, but naturally use new experiences with him and people and truth over time to heal those same parts of you. Uh, never yeah. mind what he does supernaturally all the time. So totally dude, that is so good. I've never heard somebody, um, break down the renewing of the mind in that way. Like I've never heard someone break it down with these practical ideas of how to, um, focus on other things, how to have new experiences, rewire what you think and how you see and how you view that's unreal, dude. I think that is so powerful. I That's going to help someone I already know. Someone immediately is taking notes and is just going to be so encouraged. I'm encouraged. Um, we're, we're out of time, unfortunately, bro. But I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. You legitimately have given so many good tools. Um, and you're so, you're so open and authentic and humble. And God is using you so much in the way you speak, how you talk about this, your passion behind all of this. Um, and I'm honored to know you, bro. I'm honored you took your time to come on the podcast because it's 
honestly amazing. Be sure to get his book, Free to Thrive. Where is it available? Everywhere books are sold, and it's three ninety nine right now on Kindle, and like seven dollars on Amazon. It's normally twenty two ninety nine. So we'll see if that price stays, but it's not. It's on sale. Let's go! So you can buy one for yourself. You can buy one for your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, and a friend, and it's still going to be the cost of a normal book and cheaper than so, I get them for. <laughs> so actually, Ben's losing money, but he's helping you. There you go. <laughs> Hey, Ben, I love you, bro. Thank you for coming on the podcast, truly. Hey, love you, Caden. Love what you're doing with this podcast, but more more than that, love who you are and your friendship, and you're just such a encouragement and, and positive um, friend in my life. Appreciate you. Thanks, bro. I love you tons. I hope I get to see you soon. I got to come to Dallas. Yeah. Love you, bro. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. We're going to catch you in the next one. Ben, you got anything to say to them? Hey, take care. Let, seriously, listen back to, hopefully, it's not too complicated. Listen back to that thing about fighting shame god's really going to use it in your life he has in mine and so many others and um as my old mentor used to say let's get some sweet revenge against the enemy come on stop his trash talking voice of shame i love it let's kick the enemy in the teeth this week love y'all <laughs> have a good one These EPs found their way into the hands of Chris Tomlin. And so we got this email out of the blue. Well, he was inviting us to go on this major arena tour of the United States. And at that time, we were like, well, we're not even really a band. Do we tell him we're not a band? Chris Llewellyn from REM Collective shares some of his life story on The Walk, a podcast for worshipers. Join us to hear conversations and devotionals from the artists of the church. Find The Walk on lifeaudio.com, worshipleader.com, or your favorite podcast platform.